Oh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, as promised, the freestyle has returned. And more importantly, we are bringing back Red Sox angry fan talk with two of the better, you know, the better known pundits out there. Jeremy Johnson from many things, including Kitchen Quarantine. Andrew Patterson from many things, including the erstwhile and ill-fated attempt by us to chronicle the show Westworld in the first two seasons, which... Hey, go back and listen. It didn't go great for them. didn't go great for us. But at least Jesse Pinkman, uh, a.k.a. <laughs> Walter White's uh, henchman, is uh, you know now involved. Why am I blanking on his name? Oh, yeah, Paul, Aaron Paul. Anyway, Filibuster Freestyle, check out the website. Made a few changes to the website today. Sorted things out in a better way. Theme song's coming up in a second. First, real quick, places, listening, um, it's actually been a pretty good week overall. Um, got our mojo back late in the week. Looks like a lot of people who listen to the podcast are taking some time off vacation-wise, but uh, the numbers are still looking strong, especially out of Paris, France. Still number one, keeping it rolling. Um, Mountain View, California, and Clifton, New Jersey, rounding out the top three. Wellfleet Mass, checking in from Cape Cod at number four. Anyway... Uh, interesting places listening. Our friends in Yakuts, Russia, are listening again. Good times there. Mumbai, India. Uh, Brussels, Belgium. Sheffield, England. Barcelona. Swansea. Makes sense. We we did a little piece on some soccer involving the Swansea football team yesterday. Did not go great for them. Not our pod. The game. And then five. Excuse me. Finally, a uh, place coming in number twenty fifth in France. It's not Paris. It's called Chepay. Chepay. Chepay, C-H-E-P-Y. Places listening. Always a great part of the show. Uh, anyway, crack research team just busted in to let us know about an emergency. We're good, though. We're going to be okay there. Uh, here comes the theme song. Jeremy Roscoe. Nope, not even close. <laughs> Jeremy and Andrew Patterson coming up next. Roscoe P., shout out to you, though you are not involved in this particular bot. Filibuster, filibuster freestyle. Watch out for the filibuster. Filibuster. Freestyle. Filibuster freestyle. It's the filibuster freestyle. Filibuster freestyle. All right, so I promised Andrew Patterson and Jeremy Johnson. Jeremy will be joining us shortly. Andrew joins us live from his ear ear pods. Andrew, I'm here. how difficult has it been for you, me, and Jeremy to find a time that works to do this podcast? Gavin, you know what? I would love to answer that question, but unfortunately, um, my dog has a customer right now, <laughs> and I will have to wait until she's cleared that up to join to answer. Got it. And that's an, in, that's an inside joke from our most recent text in which I asked if people were ready and Jeremy's, you know, wife, God bless her, she's working through the working through the pandemic. She's got, you know, video calls for clients and it's only it's Listen, only four o'clock out there in California, so I get all of it. But four I am not going to point fingers when I uh, am not the loving husband and father who is giving up his time to, you know, run a household when all I have to do is put a leash on a dog and walk around the block twice a day. One hundred percent. And you know, I totally agree. All I had to do was go get Cindy at work, drop her off at work, and that's rare. You know, usually I don't even do that. But my point was going to be really random that in day like 139 of the pandemic, we've had scheduling difficulties. Uh, uh, right. Right. 
Because I guarantee you if it was day 39 of the pandemic, we would have done this thing six days ago when we first had the idea. Yeah, I mean, it is like, this has actually happened to me a couple of times recently where it feels like um, for four months there's nothing to do and then the universe is like, oh, you you want something to do? Stuff! And I'm like, oh, yeah, I I want something to do. And they're like, guess what? We're going to give you only two things to do, but they're going to both be happening at the exact same time at the exact same day. Yeah, no question about it. Well said. So let's see when Jeremy gets us. Right now it's 7.03. We'll check in on the time on the East Coast when we start the pod officially. But a little bonus footage for the folks here on the filibuster freestyle. Um, so, all right, everybody else, you chill out for a second. Andrew and I will talk offline. When we come back, hopefully from the Subaru sound booth, it'll be Jeremy Johnson. Ladies and gents, as promised, live from the Subaru sound booth on the West Coast, Jeremy Johnson joins us. How are you, Jeremy? I'm pretty good. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. Andrew, you still there? Yeah, I am still here, Jeremy. Good to hear oh, your voice. Yeah. You too. Gentlemen, have we we've done a three-way dance before on the pod, right? We have. Okay. It's been a while though. Yes. I I don't I think it was Barry the lead back then. Oh, we definitely have done that. But anyway. Yeah, well, we've done um We've yeah, done a Red Sox moratorium or two, I think. We've had a lot of alleyways with each other. Exactly. That's all yes. that needed to be said. Filibusterfreestyle.com exclusive right there. Anyway, let's start with the fact that we're going to do, we, we might be doing a Red Sox moratorium as early as we've ever done one. Not because it's July, because it's like game seven tonight. But that's, and I don't mean of the playoffs, I mean of the season. But let's start with our guy, our former Red Sox player, Joe Kelly of the Joe Kelly Fight Club. Red Sox call hero, Dodgers reliever, throws behind Houston Astros batters. Jeremy, you mentioned that every Major League Baseball team should have a guy like Joe Kelly on their roster. Tell us why. Tell us what you're thinking. It might save the game. It'd be like the hockey goon. You got one guy who breaks all the unwritten rules Mm. and refuses to... You know, play the old man, tired, safe face, poker face baseball. Call everyone out, holler at them, make faces, drill them in the rear end. We need a little bit of color in this sport. Our best players are are boring. There's no personality. There's nothing to market around. That's fair. Uh, I think I'm 100% agreement. Um, I, I never know what to blame baseball. Does it just have boring players? Or is it the absolute worst at marketing its stars? Hmm. They just don't. They just don't. They can't. They they have an inability to. It's 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 frustrating. So I agree. I love Joe Kelly. The only issue I have with it is is Joe Joe Kelly is like a he's an okay relief pitcher, right? And it's and you should not have your most interesting guys be okay. You know, just okay. Relief pitchers. Well, I think to Jeremy, yeah, to Jeremy's okay. point, yeah, exactly. It's the color guy. It's the guy. It's like you know, It's the guy that gives a little spark. Yeah. So I, you know what That's I, the worst I, player on the team. <laughs> but give me someone like, and I can't believe I'm already saying this because I've been so bitter about this trade for months. Alex Verdugo, who is a legitimate, very good baseball player, and also a ton of personality. Already a very good baseball player. Already legit and already tons of personality. It's been, he's only played like three games, Andrew. I am just talking about, I did not know much about Verdugo before, but I, my favorite thing so far is when they, uh, and he says he wasn't really trying to do this, but I love it if he was, when he tried to sneak to third base 
during a pitcher, pitcher change and see if he got caught. <laughs> yeah, I'm into that. Absolutely. And then he later said, oh, no, I was just talking to the third base coach, even though he stayed when they tried to resume play. Good time. I also I love standing up third. He just went over there. He, he said to Ron Renneke when he didn't put him in a starting lineup against a left-handed pitcher, hey, Ron, you know I can hit lefties, right? And oh, my God, Renneke. What a great it's place. Nice lineup. What a yeah, what's the it's, nice lineup? What's what's the nice lineup? Because here's the thing: this this Red Sox hey, manager not batting second anymore. Now Pilar is. So he, does he go by the theory your best hitter bats second? Well, he did for a few games. This is the thing, man. I mean, like it's just madness. It's it's insane. Like I don't want to hear Renicky say the word analytics for the the rest of the season, however long that season lasts. I don't want to hear it. Uh, uh, analytics are not for 60-game seasons, okay? Analytics right. are for 162-game, long sample size. We can wait it out. Uh, fat will rise to the top. All run by nerd crap, okay? This is a time for instinct, hot hand. You are in the spot. You lost it. You stay on the bench. You play every day until you stink. This is the time for that. This is not the time for meddling from the front office and for, like, talking about the analytics, okay? Like, I like Pilar. Pilar's a very good baseball player, okay? Um, but, again, Moreland isn't playing. Okay, Moreland should be our first baseman until he yeah. hurts his back again, Okay. We got Chavis in there, who's like over nine on the season, and not a first baseman, by the way. Okay, Moreland is a professional first baseman playing in his position. He's a good base runner for a slow guy. He hits the ball well. Knocked it off, Chavis. Sorry, love the kid. Also, re- really quickly about Chavis, he he makes five hundred seventy-one thousand a year. It's not like you have to play him. Like, it's okay. Play so. Go ahead, the Andrew. other frustrating, the other frustrating thing though is that he's not consistent in anything he's doing. So you might make an argument. Hey, I mean, the opposite of Jeremy's argument, I would say, would, would be you're clearly not winning anything with this pitching roster this year. You, even if you make the playoffs, who cares? Play kids, right? So, so get your kids in there and get them consistent playing time and get them like this is a, not a bad season to get them used to the majors. But then he can't even. Do that because the only kid who he refuses to sit is Ben Intendi. So Ben Intendi's not a kid anymore, Andrew. No, I know, but but like what I'm saying is like so. Start Verdugo every game if you're going to do something like this. Why are you sitting? Like why is Ben Intendi getting every chance out of anybody in this lineup? This has been ongoing too. I mean, this happened last year too. They they really right, so want him to be. To point, who has been the best hitters on the Red Sox? It's been Pilar and Moreland this season. Pilar, Moreland, Bradley Jr., and of course, Gio yeah. Martinez is, you know, I mean, what uh, what a hitter. What an incredible hitter. Yeah. Um, JBJ's not playing today. Perfect. What are we arresting these guys for? Yeah, there's no point in resting guys because the season could get canceled in a week. You rotate Verdugo and Benintendi until one of them earns the job. You keep Pilar and Bradley out there. Starts every day. Chavis plays once a week until something changes. 
You keep Peraza in there. Let Peraza play second, man. Yeah, he's, he's good. Second baseman. He's playing third tonight. Rafael Desert Evers, who's like our Uber player, who should be playing every day until further notice. Yep. Isn't even playing. He's like twenty one, man. What are we doing? Yeah. This is right. And this is this is the point. This is has Ben Intendi sat yet? He has I don't think so. He has wow. What has Andrew Benintendi done to deserve being the only player who has not sat a game? It's certainly not run the base as well. <laughs> it's certainly not hit the baseball. It's being fixed. I don't understand like, it. And the annual like push to put him at leadoff, like what is the deal with that? Why? Under what what indication have they been given once that he can play he can hit leadoff? He cannot. He stinks at leadoff. It's okay. Like it's well, yeah. Guys most guys don't, but the, most guys don't do it, and they learn. They are in great careers. <laughs> it, it's just. I mean, we we won last night by the skin of our teeth. Yeah, uh, we could have lost it, last night. It's a perfect example of why, no matter how terrible of a baseball team you are in a normal season, you still win sixty games. Right. Well, because like, you know, Mets were really unlucky yesterday. We were really lucky. Their ace was in there. Their ace got squeezed on a couple pitches in our, you know, first big inning, and then suddenly, like the Red Sox are seeing extra pitches, and now they got guys around on the bases, and then you know, every, all the pressure gets cranked up. But we had like, you know, Mitch Moreland scoring on like, you know, yeah, pass ball, ball, right? Yeah, swinging, swinging bumps that were accidents, and like, I mean, it, this is just. It was a lucky win. Yeah, I mean, the we Mets... got a gruesome schedule. Mets had... Well, I'll sort of go, go ahead, back go to Renicky for a second, too, in, in this idea that he's sitting guys. So Xander Bogart sat last night. He came into the game. What, what did he walk? And he gets yeah, the first base, and he got pulled for a pinch run. Yeah. So if he's hurt, what were you even doing putting him in, in the first place? How was he going to run out any hit? Right. Well, the guys on the radio were saying he was just clearly like uh, they were going to give him a, a maintenance day, and then they thought they put him in there to hit, but they weren't going to let him run the bases. But that would be his second maintenance day. Why? It's day six. I, like, I just don't understand it. I don't. Understand. He needs like third of the games to be a maintenance day. Bogart's endeavors are the future. Right. They right. are the they are the guys we're building around. We need to see them every day. Hundred percent. Yes. So let's. They're our best players. Right. So let's 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 do the game that, that Jeremy wanted to talk about because this will probably take up a good amount of our time. The active payroll guys. We're going to play blame pie. You know, and, and essentially to, to Jeremy's point, we go down the payroll, we assign blame. <laughs> I love it. Um, active payroll is one hundred and fifteen million dollars. The injured reserve payroll is fifty two million dollars. So basically, a third of your salaries are for people who aren't going to play. Um, and if you adjust it for the shortened season, the active payroll is $43.7 million and the act, the active, whatever, the injured reserve is fifteen point seven. So either way, 25% of your salaries are going to dudes who aren't going to play. So let's talk about the dudes who are going to play. Okay, J.D. Martinez. Wait, can we, before we get into the dudes who are going to play, there is the, the I want to know who Jeremy would blame for, the Chris, for, for Chris Sale. Why Chris Dale did not have Tommy John surgery last year? Why did he not have his Tommy John surgery at the end of last season? 
No, we know why, did, like, why did Dombrowski give him a top market value contract a year before he had to? Right. And that, to me, is one of the biggest places we need to look to blame, and it's not even on your active roster this year. And, and I'm more frustrated by... He knew he was hurt in October. Right. Well, he's your highest paid player, so you might as well blame him because, yeah, exactly. He knew he was hurt in October. Let him show up and pitch. It's Dave Dombrowski. Spring training. It's Dave Dombrowski. He signed him to a deal a year before he had to. It's not like he got a discount, okay? So you think the Sox are, were just like, they want to pump him for as much out of that contract as they get. And so that's no, the like, blue we the surgery should, situation. Never, he should be a free agent right now. Like, we could have rode out the year with him. He was down all year. And then at the end of the year, he'd be like, well, look, we could give you a deal that matches, like, performance mixed with potential, and he could turn it down, or he could sign somewhere else. And right now, he wouldn't be on our team. And guess guess who would be? And guess who would be getting $30 million a year? Mookie Betts. Right. After 18. Yep. They paid him early. He paid Avoldi early. I'm talking and, about Dom- I mean, Dombrowski. Man, I do love Avoldi. No, I, I agree, and he's only making 17 million. So compared to the 30 million that sales making, it's a it's a friggin' deal. Right, he's our like better Porcello in terms of like, yeah, it's a bunch of money, but it's good value for what should be your number three starter. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, and if you look at him versus Porcello, just based on this season so far, yeah. Uh, you want to be giving that money to Ivaldi, not to Porcello. Yeah, and the thing is, if, if you say it's about a million dollars a win, I mean, the guy's getting $17 million. As a number two or three starter, where it's, where it should be, he's definitely a guy who's going to give you that kind of an effort. He might not win 17 games every year, but he's going to give you the innings and the chance to win those games. So, yeah, about a million bucks a year. Now, $30 million a year is a million dollars a start for sale, but he's making zero starts. So it's the yeah. it's, it's an albatross. It's a yeah, friggin' yeah, albatross. Know, it's just the cost of doing business, except we never had to do had business. To have that contract. You never had to do that business. Let him ride out his free agent year. What was he going to do? Go to free agency and make $32 million a year? I mean, what are we talking about here? Why are we extending guys to top dollar contracts the year before we have them, especially when they have like, they're, they're, they're like Ichabod Crane. They've never made it through a season without injury problems down the stretch. Like, Dombrowski had like an aneurysm after the World Series. And yeah. it's almost like he tried to tank the, like wrap the team up into a ton of money so that they had to keep him on board to fix the mess. I don't understand what his mentality was there. Like Maybe he knew that. I, I don't know. He, I don't know. I think he saw wrapping up Chris Sale as maybe wrapping up a few short-term World Series. Well, He thinks maybe he gets another couple of years out of him. He puts together... I think he's just his eyes got too big. He, was, he, he thought he could put together a dynasty without really putting yeah. in any long-term thinking to... Well, agree, agreed. And as Jeremy's pointed out before, I think Andrew has too, and many have. I mean, look at what he did with the, the Detroit Tigers. Same deal, except he didn't get the World Series. Yeah. Well, he put together he an teams. incredible regular season team. Yeah. And then they they didn't have what it take. The only reason why we won the World Series that year is because Alex Cora managed, like, out of his mind. I mean, and the guys all responded to it. That was yes. an incredible Ubuntu team, you know? Like, yeah. they had 
it all they're all pulling for each other. They're all willing to do whatever it took to eat innings and to pitch yeah. and whatever it, it took. Yeah, it was a more talented version of the twenty thirteen team, which came out of nowhere too, you know, and won an aberration world series. In terms of like Lincoln the performance. the Red Sox in eighteen and we lose Probably either to the Astros or the Yankees. Definitely the Astros, because they were cheating. We were just a couple inches away from losing to both of those teams in those series. Sure. All right, so let's get back to the here and now. J.D. Martinez, 23.75. These are are non-season adjusted salaries. Um, But anyway, whoever's fumbling tinfoil, the people at home love it. What's going on? Okay. Sorry. It's all good. That was amazing. I edited it up, but it's funnier when it's there. Um, JD Martinez, for God's sakes, twenty three point seven five. No blame there, really, right? Love him. What a hitter! What a hitter! Yeah. Okay. A lot of fun to watch it at the plate. Okay, Xander Bogarts, twenty million bucks. What are we doing there? Nope. He- Perfect. A great deal and a great player, and he's already depressed. By the way, if you saw his press conference after like game three, he was morose. Yeah. So we don't want to lose him in terms of mentally. Nathan Avaldi we talked about seventeen million. It seems like a fair day, fair deal. The fourth paid active player, highest paid active player, ja- Jackie Blarry Jr. Eleven million bucks. How do you guys feel about that? Well, it's going to be, be a lot. He'll be traded in a month. That's what I think too. He's the only really. I've got like two tradable guys on the team, and he's one of them. He's gone. Yeah, love him. By the way, love him, but he's gone. I, I love him at that salary. I don't love him at what I think Boris is going to command. Correct. Kevin Pillar is your new center fielder. Wrap your head around it. Get used to it. Accept it. Embrace it. I have no problem he's with that. the price. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's the price. He's the only price. a year older. Yeah. And he's a great club. He's not. I mean, Jackie Brown Jr. is one of the best center fielders we're ever going to see in our life. But Pillar is a pretty good, like, B-plus Center fielder, Plus maybe he, even an A minus. Exactly. Totally. So, so that's all good. We covered Pilar. He's yeah, four point two five million. He's a sweetheart deal. Who the hell is Martin Perez at five point five million, guys? I'm sorry, I don't he's pitching him. tonight. Perfect. He he's technically your number two starter, um, and he is terrible. He's supposed to be your number five starter, who loses. You know, yeah, seventy-five percent of his starts, and everybody's okay with it. Right, he's five point five million a year. So if you're paying for wins, you're paying him to go out there, eat innings, get a couple, and hopefully not kill your bullpen. Well, this right. is the maddening thing, though. We've reached that point with this team where it's, suddenly you just start ripping your own hair out. Right. We're also That's on guy number five, and we're talking about our fifth starters. Yeah. Like we're on our fifth guy. Salary jail. Yeah, we're on our fifth guy, and he's the fifth starter. Anyway. Vasquez, four point two million. I, I feel like that's fine. Do you guys feel like that's fine? He's, he's. Oh my God, he's the best like offensive catcher in the American League. Correct. It's, it's beautiful, right? Yeah, that's a, that, that's a that's good. Then Anybody a, below here is either a bargain or a decently and timing wise. Uh, What's that? I said Christian Vasquez as we were talking about him, homered. Oh, boom. You're welcome, Christian Vaz. A little filibuster freestyle bounce. Yeah, exactly. No, when he gets hot, he's great, and he's always pretty solid. I mean, okay, so then you got Ben Intendi at $3.4 million. I mean, again, that's not a lot of money, but for the kind of – they're trying to make him Fred Lynn, and I don't get why. 
now I get frustrated by the love for Benintendi. He he's he's serviceable. He is nowhere near as good as people want him to be, or, or make him out to be. Um, if you want to get him out, throw a fastball. Not good, you know. Yeah. Like he's just uh, he's frustrating. But I mean, it's not a terrible contract. Not at all. He's, but he's not Fred he's Lynn. Not. He's not Jim Rice, and the, the Red Sox want him to be. to be. Right. Everyone wants him to be Fred Lynn. Yeah. He's got that swing. He's got the look. He's got the name. He's our guys. We're the kids. We always value our our prospects more than we should. Yep. And he should be a better player than he is. And for some reason, he hasn't quite ran into the career that everybody projected for him. Yeah. Right. Agreed. At this point, going down through the active roster is. It doesn't matter anymore. We have everybody else is priced appropriately and not hamstringing us going forward. And when you look at that, you're like, how are we up against a competitive balance tax? Correct. Like how how do we get to this point? Oh, I can tell you. Uh, one, you're paying Dusty Pedroia $13 bucks. Um, I'm not mad at that, man. He earned that money. I don't. I totally agree. Below market value contract. He took the home field discount and then his knee got obliterated yep thanks Manny Machado yep and totally get it totally agree so like that kind of thing happens that's 13 million now Chris Sale we discussed that Erod, he'll be back yep hopefully but then you're looking at David yep. Price I know it's only 6 million but he counts 16 million against the tax that sucks um and he opted out of the season so that double sucks I hope his Fortnite game's going great by the way we're still apparently paying Pablo Sandoval five million bucks. Well, he was making like fifteen million last year. Correct, but yeah. if so this is actually progress. And then right. I don't know how this one works. You guys explain it to me. So they have this thing called a buried minor league contract, and Rusney Rusney Castillo is at fourteen point two seven million. It doesn't affect the cap, so irrelevant. But how the hell is what the hell is a is a buried minor league contract? Well. Um, because he got, like, if they bring him up for one at-bat, all that money goes against the got luxury it. balance tax. Got so it. that's why he's actually turned into a pretty good baseball player down at AAA. He was never good enough to start every day for the versions of the Red Sox that we were used to watching. Yes. But he could actually contribute these days if he wasn't making $14 million a year. So this is his last year on the minor league books. That goes on Charrington, I believe. That's a Charrington Lucchino. Right. That was back when we used to get into bidding yeah. wars with the Yankees for no reason because whoever wins that usually loses that. You know what I mean? Like whoever gets that big deal that's way too high usually loses it. And by that yeah, I mean – This one this. wasn't much more – the Red Sox, I believe, almost bid against themselves in this one. They did. They went I, over they, the top like they, they did for David so Price. They went above what anybody else was offering. It was insane. Like they did for David they Price. They lost out on a Brave the year before, and yeah. they were like, yeah, never again. Right. Yeah. Meanwhile, the guys – That's why Charrington is teaching at, like, Yale these days, you know. No, isn't he in Pittsburgh? I think he's in Pittsburgh. Is it? He got yeah, I think he's – I think he got a job in Pittsburgh. Either way. So right? last season he was a college professor for a year. So fellas, okay. all true. And I by the way, blame Lucchino for everything. By the way, I do too. And why? And why wouldn't you? By the way, and I do want to say, and this comes from a place of love, and it doesn't hit the books. 
Who cares? It's deferred money. Manny being Manny's getting two million a year. Good for him. That's awesome. And again, I go back to Dustin Pedroia. Totally agree with you. Money well earned. All good. You know? You know what? You could have everybody on the 2004 roster still be getting $1 million deferred payments, and I wouldn't object. Totally. Except for for Kurt Schilling. Except for Kurt Schilling. Except for Kurt Schilling, yeah. I might revoke his. He bankrupted Rhode Island. Go to hell, Kurt Schilling. Yeah. No take backs. No take backs. I I stand by my statement. How do we get... How do we get out of this here? Well, first of all, you're gonna um, like you're gonna tank. You're, you're gonna look at the. You're gonna get rid of Bradley, right? Um, do you guys think Evaldi's probably gonna get traded? Is he trade bait? I don't when, think you can trade him. You need to. You need to have some semblance of a pitching staff going forward. Fair. He's affordable. I don't. I don't think dumping starting pitching is your is your way out of this. I, okay. Well, um, any takers? What do we got? In, in 2021, Evaldi's making 17 again. Chris Sale's in there at 30. I mean, in 2021, we only have like 11 guys signed. The rest of the guys are all either arbitration or free agents. Yeah. That's going to go uh, great. You know, the base salary in 2021 is $136 million. So... You know, we're going to have $60 million bucks to spend on free agents next season. Which right. is nice. Um, and, you know, look, look at, you know, the way Bloom is doing it already. He's basically anybody who's ever pitched that is available for a waiver claim, he's putting claims in on them. So they're trying to, trying to get some innings out of someone or another. And, you know, at least get through the season in a way that's not quite so gruesome to watch. And, um, you know, we're just going to kind of go from there, I think. Well, I, I, I think, honestly, you have another couple. But not as, nothing's going to be as bad as this year. I think this year you are going to see the worst Red Sox team, certainly of the last 20 years. There was a couple uh, the Red Sox bad ones. The best possible team to be atrocious because yeah. the best possible season. Yeah. Because we can just write them off in a, in a month. The train deadlines in a month, guys. Yeah, right. It's sixty games. If uh, we after get that, I mean, it's just nice to have something on in the background. Totally. It, it sees a great ambient noise. We have no attachment to the outcome of this season, and uh, you know. Whatever. Load up. Get another year under everyone's belt on their contract, you know, on their their big league service. Get rid of some contracts. Get rid of some salary. And Bloom can start rebuilding with a bunch of the way that they do it down in Tampa, except much like the way Theo is doing it, you can go out and get the right guy for the real money, and you can hide a couple big mistakes, too. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew, go ahead. No, I was I, my my point was that um, I think you really brought Bloom in to work with the minor not work with the minor leagues, but he's going to build from a minor league foundation. Um, I think he's going to draft well. He's going to scout well. I mean, that's certainly what the Rays do. And so, and, and we need him to be the opposite of what Dombrowski was, right? Who's going to gut a minor league system? Who's going to uh, poorly evaluate certainly some talent? But. 
I think if that's the type of gym you have, it's going to be a couple years. Couple, I think we have to we have to reconcile. It might be a couple of dry years. For I sure. think we're going to be in the mix next season. I don't know if we're going to be a preseason favorite or we're going to actually even have a legitimate shot at winning two or three playoff series. But I think this, next season people are going to be looking at the Red Sox like, huh, I mean, they got $60 million under the balance tax. They reset. Yeah, spend some money. I, my, my fear for next season, though, is still the way you managed Chris Taylor's injury. And we're, when is he ready next year? June? You think he might be ready June? He had the Tommy John surgery no in what? He had the Tommy John surgery in like March or April. The way that they they handle pitchers on the injury injured list now, that guy is not coming back till after the All Star break minimum. Okay, right. So even worse. Yeah, so that's, <laughs> that's a problem. That's a pro- I thought you were going to disagree with me and say he was starting the season, and I just can't. I was not on that. There's no way. That's a problem for next season. Not that we need to already, I mean, I kind of already want to look towards next season, but that's a problem. This yeah. reminds me of, I don't know if you guys, you know, I know Gavin has, I don't know if you've ever gotten into like video games, um, there's sports teams and you're managing your team and and you just like simulate a whole year just to like yeah. get to the next season. It's kind of where yeah. I'm at with this. Like you just simulate a week at a time, you play a couple Yankee series, you dip in, watch the Evaldi game. And you get excited over some hits here and there. You pause to see just how, like, how your kids are doing. You know, what, what's going to be exciting in a couple of years out of this guy. Right. Right. I mean, And then yeah. the season's going to be over. It's going to be the fastest simulated season yet. You can tell these guys, like, the Red Sox players are used to having big crowds. Yeah, They're right. Dead out there. A team like the Marlins, who, you know, rest in peace, they're probably not even going to play another game the way things look right now. But mm-hmm. the Marlins and the Rays and whatever, the, there's most teams in baseball, are used to playing in front of 12,000 fans or less. Right. The Red Sox look yeah. to the fans home and away. Right, because they've got a huge following on the road. Right. And they're also a big ticket. So, like, even if they don't pack the stadium with Red Sox fans, the, the building is still buzzing when they show up. The circus is in town. Right. And you can see them, like, they're just kind of like, where's the energy? Like, I was like, oh, great, we're in family. I'm like, not even me. Totally. It doesn't matter. Well, let me ask you this, though. What, Jeremy, you mentioned something on our text thread this week. You said it didn't have to be this way. And I, I know that the, the people in the stands part, we can't control, right? Um, but the team itself, in terms of, not being a bunch of crap contracts and rookies. Like, is that what you meant when you said it didn't have to be this way? Like, we could have stayed a contender? Is that where you were going with that text? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about that, Blaine Pond. I'm not regretting 18. Any decision that was made that got us that World Series is okay. Correct. The World Series that season was amazing. Yeah, 100 and whatever wins, 16 wins. Loved the whole season. I was giddy. From, you know, April to November. I never thought another baseball team could ever come close to my affection for the 2004 team. 2018 came close. For sure. That was a fun baseball team to watch. We had a perfect team assembled that year. 
minus the you know the the bubble gum and fishing line bullpen that right. we ended up managing to hide in the playoffs by you know running starters out there every mm-hmm. other inning. But um, the reason why it could have been different is because all of our best talent, young and controllable at the time. Yep, and we still had money. Still could have made moves and been grown ups and looked to the future and restocked the farm system on the fly, maybe taken a hit and not won a hundred and change, but maybe we win ninety one and we, we move some guys around, we play grown ups, Jackie Bradley Jr. has been on the trading block for three years. We, you know, cash in on value, we move on from Benny, we figure out ways to Take this controllable talent, which is the most valuable thing in baseball these days. If you look at our roster, it's the exact. It's a great example of what baseball is now. You've got a bunch of guys making thirty million bucks, and you got a bunch of guys making five hundred thousand. And the guys that used to get a ten million dollar deal, like a Moreland, for instance, are making like three or five. Right. And there's no middle class left in baseball. And they're getting squeezed harder every year. So we had the magic sauce. We had the pitchers. We had the young, dynamic lineup. We could hit. We could field. We could hit for power. We could run the bases. We had guys that the the fans loved. And instead of looking at the dry erase board after 18 and wiping it all off and then rewriting it for a three-year or five-year plan, Dombrowski had an aneurysm. He had a freaking stroke, and he threw. He committed a ton of money to guys who weren't great long-term investments. And next thing you know, we're we're bums again, man. It's just like you don't have to go worst to first anymore. I, I, I think, and it's, what's especially frustrating about 2018 too is you watch that season with the sense of. I'm watching kids. I'm watching guys who can hang around and be our team for a few years. You know, you got part of that is that long term excitement. Convert like compared to 2013, where just kind of everything yeah. happens. We right knew, we season. knew that was a one year deal, right? We, this you, was you, the 2017. Yes, right. And now it's they had this secret sauce. They had it all, yeah. and it looked like it could sustain for a few years, and to have it blow you know? up that quickly is. Frustrating. Resign sale, okay? After 18. Don't resign sale. Evaldi, yeah. I mean, prevent the guy. I mean, like, look, I love him. I appreciate what happened. I get it. And honestly, the numbers that he signed for, okay, fine. But after 18, you don't resign sale. You kick that $30 million down the road another another season. Yeah. You don't resign Evaldi. You go all in on Mookie. If Mookie mm-hmm. doesn't bite, you trade him then. You trade JBJ. You get some money out of that. And you go all in on new players. And you restock You restock, restock the roster with younger guys, with the, the guys that you've traded away. You, you're trading Mookie with time, with time left on his deal. So his value is never going to be higher than that. Yeah, and but you've got the money to make a legitimate offer. But like, just sit down and respect. Look, Mookie, like eight years, thirty million bucks a year, 
starting now or when your arbitration is up? And if he's like, no, I'm, I'm really, you know, I'm really committed to testing the market. You say, we really uh, respect that. We appreciate you so much. And we're going to shop around and see what we can get. Right. Instead, right. they went to arbitration. But they should never should have gone to arbitration with him in the first place. Right. They've insulted and, him and every year. Another they race played hard move. at that arbitration. They played they go hard to arbitration, at that arbitration with players. Like, don't don't do that. Don't go no. in there and tell them why you don't think they're worth. Like, we're talking about a couple million bucks here and there anyway. But the way you, that this franchise burns money, you don't go to arbitration with Mookie Betts that year. I think it was a three million dollar difference. You don't go to arbitration with him that year. You give him that three million dollars. Yep. I am telling you, he's already locked up here for a long term contract. Right. And even if he's not, you get like you get a starting pitcher and an everyday player and a prospect for him if you trade him after eighteen. Right. Yeah. You don't think the Dodgers would have liked him? Of course they did. And they, you sell it to the fans. Red Sox fans are so ready to cut bait on someone that doesn't seem like they want to stay. He's yeah. Jacoby Ellsbury. He's Jonathan Papelbon. We knew that he was going to leave. We've known it for years. It bums us out. We get over it. Like, everyone's like, you're either on the bus or you're not. Like, you don't have to sell that to the fans. And this is just another example of Henry and Warner and that ownership group. It, they, they don't get the Red Sox fan. They're, 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 they're too Pollyanna. And they're also like, kind of like, bitter. like they think that like the sarcastic, bitter Red Sox fan is the exception to the rule. We're not. That's yeah. us. Right. Welcome to Boston. Dealing with. That's your normal <laughs> fan. It's not the Sweet Caroline crowd. It's not no. the like corny pregame show crowd. This is who we are. It's Okay. You can ride that. Lucino understood that a little bit with his it, knifey it, guys on the way out. It really, when you put it like that, it is almost like they don't know anyone from Boston or Massachusetts. They but, don't. They know. They you know. know. They know the billionaire set. They don't know real people. Yeah, they don't know real people. Yeah. And that's why they misjudge it. And they've and again, this is this is an ownership group that's brought four World Series. To a place that didn't want one for 86 years. So, like, they clearly do something right, and their soccer team has won the Premier League, and like, but they don't get the people that are their actual clientele. And that's why they keep blowing crap up and starting again, like, we're the Marlins with a huge paycheck when we're really not. Or you sign guys like Pablo Sandoval because you think. You can Kung Fu Panda, let's get some t shirts. Like, yeah. Hanley, Hanley and Sandoval. Were such bad signings, and they both worked out exactly how you thought they were going to work out. And they both cost those guys personally heaps of money. Never mind the opportunity cost of having that dead money on the roster. Right. Yeah. The frustrating thing too that that you kind of hint at in that is that it's not like a lot of contracts that the Red Sox have just gotten unlucky on. The contracts they have signed have been ones that you knew going in were bad. Almost had disaster written all over it. Right. Right. If there's a 1% chance of the top-notch deal working out, don't sign the top-notch deal. Move on. Yeah. Don't overpay guys who have never looked better in the playoff run that they just finished right. in their entire career or you know time as a prospect. Absolutely. Even what's his name? The guy who won the MVP. The guy who won the MVP 
of the World Series, and he, he, they brought him back to play first base, and he was awful the next year. The guy who was on like eight teams. I can't even remember his name. I keep wanting to call No, no, but, but exactly. No, he was on the 17, the 18 team. Um, he got super hot in the playoffs. Who? Sorry, you keep... He was, uh, Steve Pierce was... Pierce, yeah, Steve left. Pierce, sorry. Pierce, he was a okay. right-handed Mitch Moreland. He was like, Moreland and Pierce were like yes. the mirror image of each other. Right, but they you were know, like, like, hey, one Steve... One guy hits left, he's really well. Yeah. One guy hits right, he's They were like, wow, this guy got hot for two weeks in the playoffs. Let's make him our everyday first baseman next year. Well... This guy stole the MVP from David Price. Let's throw a ton of money at him. Four teams passed on him before that he got to you that year. Like, the sample size... How much did they pay Pierce last year? I mean, the point is they just were like, oh, we're in love with this guy. Let's give him way over market value, and now he's out of baseball. He didn't make that... part of the Dombrowski aneurysm. Right, right. Like, he didn't make that much money, but but for him, he made way too much money because he wasn't even a major leaguer anymore. He got... He's probably doing a cycle, man. Not to... I'm really throwing people under the bus tonight, but I take that one back. (laughs) I take that one back. But Kurt Schilling, you still bankrupt the Rhode Island and you still stink. Anyway, um, speaking of people who stink, sorry, you got something? Sorry. No, I I just wish that I'm just looking at that roster right now and I'm vamping. Got it. Well, Go here, Andrew, do you do you want to get into this Verdugo versus Lefty rant, or, or do, is that something we can still do? I, so here here's my big Verdugo thing. Right, is that you made him the centerpiece of the Mookie Betts trade. Yes. This is what he was advertised to us as, that he is a young, exciting player coming in return. You're going to love him. He's the centerpiece. He's younger than Mookie. You know, no one ever is going to buy that. He's ever going to be as good as Mookie, but he's still supposed to be the centerpiece of of the trade that you're getting in return. So the hill I will die on is that he should be starting. If you trade your, your generational talent, for, for, for a handful of prospects, one of which you were claiming is, you know, ready to play Major League Baseball right now and, and is a star in the making, he starts. I understand Pilar playing his way into the lineup. That should be at the loss of Ben Attendee's time. But Verdugo should be playing every day because Verdugo is a lefty, but he had three, over 300 against lefties last season. He doesn't have the same power against them. But he can hit and he can he can get on base against them. So he should be playing every single game until unless he, he proves that he can't. And there's been nothing that has proven that he can't play every game. Got it. So you gave me a tantalizing treat. You said this kid's fun. He's fun to watch. This kid's a good you know. This kid's a hustler. I don't know that I see anyone working hard like running harder than than him on the field right now. He needs to be out there every day. Got it. That is a hill I will die on. Seems reasonable. Uh, fully on board with it, but we got to go with our guys, man. We got Ben Intendi, man. <laughs> <laughs> ben Intendi is the Brian Dabak of 2019 2020. By the way, I'm stuck, like, you know, Clockwork Orange style, having a witness Bruzar Gratterall pitch for the Dodgers. Ugh. And, I mean, the kid. Is everybody's so excited about him? We'll see if these injury problems become an issue long term. But right now, while we're rolling out openers after openers after openers, he's out here at 6'1, 270, throwing 101 miles an hour. His nickname is Buffalo. 
Why? Dodger fans are fired up. Why would you They're throw that guy up. in on a deal when you were already giving him away the best player? Like, gosh darn it. They had injury concerns and a physical, I think. But I don't get it. Like, they, uh, it's almost like I, who overruled that? At that point, don't you think that Bloom would have seen that those medicals? That's I, I don't think we have the whole story behind it, but that's the story they've given us. Sure. I'm tempted um, to blame Werner for everything at this point. I'm so tired of listening to that guy's talk. And they did a victory lap the other day after the Mookie Betts contract in L.A., you know, uh, yeah. kneeling the Dodgers for how they haven't won anything in this many years, and we've had this many parades. I'm like, dude, you are an L.A. guy, for starters. Don't forget where you came from. You made your money on a rapist and a racist, and you are the number two bag man to John Henry and his vampire ways. So mm-hmm. why don't you just back off a little bit on the victory laps because your team is in the pooper again, and the Dodgers are, again, on favorite to come out of their league and go to the World Series, okay? They were one trash can banging incident away from having a World <laughs> Series. Yeah. They got run over by your franchise on the strength of, like, one of the best runs of all time. The Dodgers were incredible that year, and then they ran into the Red Sox buzzsaw. Right. They could yeah. a couple balls bounce here and there, and they've got two or three championships. If they, if they had a manager that knew how to take Clayton Kershaw out when he started to get tired, Kershaw might have a legacy as one of the best pitchers of all time, and the Dodgers could have three rings or four rings, okay? They're right there every year. And Werner goes on the radio and takes a victory lap saying that they, you know, that they won a bunch and, you know, time will tell if Mookie. And, like, all that is true, but, like, play off the gas, homie. We're terrible. The, 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 the Dodgers have had some disappointing ends to some seasons, but I am sure it has been a fun few seasons being a Dodgers fan. Dodger fans they will continue to be this year. They're so stoked. They, they think their guys are a bunch of chokers. There's a bunch of arguments about, like, whether Kershaw's a choker or whether it's the manager's fault. The general managers, up until their current one, and still even, haven't placed a lot of value on relief pitching, which is mind-blowing. But, <laughs> you know, like, you just see them every year dominating this town, and the conversation this town every day a little bit more throughout the summer, and they're not even in, in te- on televisions in people's living rooms in most of the city. They're doing all this. Really? They're on a Time Warner cable, Spectrum cable only channel that's not on DirecTV. It's not on Dish Network. You can't watch it through an antenna. Okay, it's not basic cable. You've got to get Time Warner cable, which is now called Spectrum. And you've got to get their Spectrum Sports Channel, and then you get Dodger games. It's as though Nesson was owned, like, or like Nesson, I don't know what the cable company is there, but you can only get it Verizon, on yeah. one provider. And okay. If you don't have that provider, you're SOL, even on a lot of national games. Do you guys want to hear something funny real quick related to Spectrum slash Time Warner? Is we had that in Charlotte, and I got to watch the Dodgers all the time. Because I had the I had the sports I had the sports package. <laughs> I watched like fifteen Dodger games a year just for the hell of it. Every Dodger fan I know that is like a hardcore Dodger fan was forced to get rid of their other provider or get Time Warner because they had no way to watch their team. Right. 
Well, right. that is a travesty in its own in its own right. It's a whole other podcast. Not different podcasts, absolutely. Regional sports providers are doing to local fan bases and holding them hostage and everything. But so they're doing this. They have the fan interest and they have the enthusiasm and the the, the imagination of the city every year without even being on everyone's TV. Yeah, pretty impressive, right? Well, anyway, all right. Let's. I'm watching the time here, so I want to make sure this one's you know a, a big enough, a small enough bite for folks to listen to. Thought it was excellent action. Um, any in very pressing parting shots, or have we covered most of it thus far into the six point one game season? Uh, we've got it. We've got everything I needed to say. JJ, you, you feel- gotta start. You gotta start managing like you owe your bookie money. Like there's, <laughs> there's no more. More of this crap. We're in the playoffs starting now. I know this team isn't good enough to win the World Series, but you never know. If they show a little bit of life, if they win some games, if they start to pull together a little bit at the trade deadline, maybe they pull the trigger on a guy or two, and next thing you know, we're in the mix. They've got the third place, to, you know, they got that seven and eight team or whatever getting in the playoffs in each league. Yep. Let's make this thing interesting. We got nothing going on. The world is as depressing as it's ever been. Baseball has a chance to capture our imagination a little bit, and our hometown 25 are taking a dump on our chest, okay? <laughs> Can't beat Let's that. Jeremy, it up. Jeremy, I think you just gave a speech it. from Angels in the Outfield. Clap <laughs> your wings, and you got fly. Gosh darn it. Filibuster Freestyle exclusive, everybody. Check us out on social media, at Filibuster Freestyle. Uh, you can get in touch with Andrew Patterson's manager, Curtis Fingers, at Curtis Fingers, and because uh, you know he's represented by a management company, yeah, big star. And then obviously Jeremy Johnson, CEO of Man Cook Good, at Man Cook Good. Instagram's popping. Jeremy's back cooking in the kitchen, looking good. And make sure you go to the website and check out the Kitchen Quarantine podcast section of the filibusterfreestyle.com. Jeremy, stick around for a minute. We'll catch up. But thanks for being on. Thank you. Andrew, similarly, thank you. Stick around, we'll catch up. One last thing before we go out, because I can officially say it now that now that we're leaving, and, and it's a quick reference to cooking, I am about to uh, finish my second sandwich since we've been doing this podcast. <laughs> this is a two-sandwich podcast, everybody. We'll talk to you later. <laughs>